Welcome to the Fruitful and Fearless podcast, where we're serving up gospel-fueled courage to the Christian woman to remain faithful in her calling. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Fruitful and Fearless podcast. Jordan and Lexi here. Hello. 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 Here, what are you reading right now? Okay, so I started... John Flavel, I think is his name. It's a Puritan book on triumphing over sinful fear. That has been such a cool book to just see, Mm -hmm. like, the Puritans were so good about giving examples in scripture constantly. Mm -hmm. Um, I think the coolest thing specifically from this last week was just seeing uh, God put uh, pagan armies to flight out of fear of such tiny things all of the time. One example he gave, I think it was in Isaiah, was just gnats. Like mm. naps were annoying them. And so they were fleeing <laughs> and I don't know, it's just cool to like, just pray for those um, little inconveniences for our enemies here and now to just put them to flight and mm. not be fearful of mass amounts of people that could be coming against Christians in America and just God can use anything, <laughs> anything to conquer, yeah. to conquer um, pagan nations. So that was really encouraging. And then um, I'm reading the princess and the goblin by George McDonald. I love George McDonald. I love him. I love him. This is so, what you told me that I would like, right? This author? Yes, I think you'd like him a lot. Um, he was one of C.S. Lewis's favorite children's authors, but he, he kind of reminds me of like, have you ever read Coraline? Mm-mm. Okay. Um, it's almost like a nightmare before Christmas-ish type That's feel. so weird because Rantham and I <laughs> okay. were just watching that today. Oh. <laughs> so yeah, weird. So, yeah, like traditional fairy tales were not scared of like the dark type mm-hmm. thing so mm-hmm. I really like I'm flying through I have not flown through a book in a while and I'm just flying right isn't through, that so. such a magical feeling like when yes. a book is such a page turner you just cannot wait to read more of it yeah and there's there's just such good examples like there's a princess in here and she keeps making references to princesses never cry they stop and they figure out what to do next and then she keeps going in the plot line and just little lines like that that are so <laughs> overtly teaching you something Mm-hmm. but just like makes you really stop and think, what is a woman? Hmm. I'm learning from this little princess in this oh, story. That's cool. You know, it's just, it's really cool. So I, I'm really enjoying those ones. What are you reading? I'm reading The Fruit of Her Hands by Nancy Wilson, oh, yeah, yeah. which I'm really, really enjoying. Um, I just, I really like Nancy Wilson's writing and her, her books are so like bite-sized. Mm-hmm. They're just great. I love them. Um, and then I'm also reading... Allie Best Stuckey's You're Not Enough and That's Okay. Oh, We're yeah. Doing a book club at our church with that. And um, that's been really good. We just met this morning, and the whole concept of the first chapter and intro is basically like the self can't be the solution and the problem. So, like, mm. you have issues with yourself, but then the world will tell you that you just need to love yourself more. But yeah. um, just the folly of that, and it's it's a really good book. I've been enjoying it a lot. Uh, I think I may have told you, but it reminds me a little bit of what um, You Who, mm-hmm. but a little bit more um, relatable approachable. or like yeah, okay. approachable, down to earth, kind of easier to read. Um, where I don't think that You Who is a hard read, but I think that some people get lost in the first couple chapters of the psychology, like of it. the philosophy behind it. Yeah. So, um, this I feel like is a little more easy for a broader audience to read. So that's been cool. Mm -hmm. Um, I was reading the new hunger games book, but 
it was a library book and it became overdue and I took it. (laughs) (laughs) So I've saved my spot on my phone and we'll check it out again. Oh, funny. Yeah. Wait, a new Hunger Games? Yeah, so there's a new Hunger Games book. What's it called? Like, so I've never read the Hunger Games. But is, are they still coming out then? Um, so this one is like a spinoff kind of. Oh, um, okay. Same okay. world and stuff, but uh, in the future, quite a bit. New plot line, sort of a thing. Yeah, a new guy that okay. follows um, Katniss. I we haven't heard of her at this point. Oh, okay. We've heard of the rebellion that happened and President Snow, but this is like President Snow's grandson. Okay. Absolutely nothing yeah. to you, but maybe some listeners have read Interesting. That. Yeah. <laughs> You've heard the plot to The Hunger Games, right? I've seen part of the first movie, but that's it. That's all that I okay. know about it. Okay. Um, I mean, some things in 2020 have made me felt feel a mm. like doing The Hunger Games. Like, she does this thing where, like, and it's like, oh. the rebellion, like, lifts their Yeah. Lifts their, yeah. So I felt a little bit like that whenever I see anybody posting anything sane on um, in social media. I feel like doing the Katniss Everdeen, like raising my When they hand. post something sane or insane? Yeah. No, one? sane. Anything oh, sane. Okay. <laughs> I feel like doing like in support of the rebellion. <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> and the other day, I don't remember who I was talking to, but I asked somebody, they were at a store and I said, are they still being Nazis about the masks there? <laughs> and it was only later that I, that I realized the scary truth of the analogy that I used was like, I meant that as a joke, but that was not a joke at all. Have they are watched, like the Nazis. Have you watched Man in the High Castle? Yes, the first season. Okay. So, so not the new stuff, but. Jared and I have been re-watching Man in the High Castle, and there's been many times where we're like, oh, this is creeping me out. Uh, <laughs> uh, um, you just saw, well, especially, um, uh, what is his name? John Smith in that show. Mm-hmm. Oprah Group and Fear Smith. Um, his character is just such a display of like corruption and what can happen. And um, so anyways, yeah, it's just, it's a good show. And it, again, it, I see it with different lenses in 2020. <laughs> oh yeah. Because totally. you see how things like that can happen. And I'm mm-hmm. I'm not saying that we're living in Nazi Germany right now. Like, Obviously, yeah, Yeah. obviously it's not the exact same, but there are things that are happening that are concerning. So whenever- Have you read Bonhoeffer? No. Okay. I know so many of the parallels from that story and I really want to go back and reread it, but I I also know how creepy it was reading it the first time Mm -hmm. to realize legally how quickly the Jews got their rights taken away that I don't know if I would mentally be prepared to reread it right now. Yeah. Was it you, was it you who said, um, who posted that the first, like one of the first things Jews couldn't do was like sit on park benches? No, I didn't. I didn't. Okay. I saw this somewhere recently, but, um, one of the first things that they asked the Jews not to do was sit on park benches. Um, and, and it's like a seemingly small thing. Like why would people not comply? Like what's the big deal about that? So Yeah. yeah, it's just small things like, um, you know, like the mask wearing and all that, where you feel like, well, what's the big deal? Yeah. Brian was talking about how um, some Christians don't, they want to say like, just put, lay your rights down. But they are also the same ones that act as if you can put brakes on uh, government persecution Mm -hmm. of Christians. And that's not what happens. Like once, once these things start, you have to, you have to start defending them from the first. Yeah. um, 
overreach because after that it really is a slippery slope and you cannot put the brakes if they think they can take all these things from you then why shouldn't they be able to take your right to worship yeah it's like like a naughty toddler that gets away with something (laughs) (laughs) they don't they don't think oh that was fun i'll never try it again exactly um so we have the and you guys didn't get the Tuttle Twin books, I don't think, did you? No, I really do want to. They look really good. We read one so far with Ransom and they are fantastic. Are they, they? Okay. very good. Um it's just like a government series on different things like um the one that we read was called the food truck fiasco and it's basically about um like uh competition and like the importance mm-hmm. of competition in government and um big businesses shouldn't get special uh privileges and it, it's just very good it was very good it, it's good for me because i didn't have a yeah. lot of excellent government classes in high school and i'm still learning that kind of stuff so um and then just like laying easy foundations for young kids of like how yeah. government is supposed to work in a godly way yeah it's been cool we're um we kind of think we're gonna have to launch a first through 12th grade next year school um so i've been going through ambleside and through the high school specifically it was, is what i was going through yesterday and i'm reading the books and i just am so excited about i'm just so excited that we're going to potentially have a group of kids that actually know about economics <laughs> coming out of 12th yes. grade instead of having to go into their 30s realizing they have no idea what how to think about this and so they have to go back so i'm so excited yeah isn't it exciting to think like our children may have a better foundation than what we did and what God oh, yeah, can totally. do with that kind of thing. It's just totally really exciting. And I'm, I'm hopeful for the future when I think about yeah, me too. Stuff. Like, me too. God, God is on the move. He's always on the move, mm-hmm. but I'm, I'm excited to see little glimpses of what he may be doing. Yeah. That's but, really cool. Okay. So today we are actually going to talk about respect, which makes me want to sing R-E-S-P-E-C-T. <laughs> that I won't sing two weeks in a row on the podcast. Um, so yeah, I have, this is something that I've been thinking about the past week or so. Um, like I said, I've been reading the fruit of her hands and there's a chapter in there about respect. That's really helpful. And, um, respect is like an ongoing conversation with my husband and I, cause it's something that I want to always be growing in. And it's something that I know is important to him. And, um, so practically in my marriage, there has been seasons of like, I'm not sure how to show that I respect mm. my husband. Um, because I do, I respect Jared very much. Um, but there are times that I know that he is not felt as respected by me. And, um, so I want to change those areas, like things that, mm-hmm. that doesn't feel respectful to him. I don't want to do those things, even if my yeah. intention behind it wasn't disrespectful. Um, if things can be more respectful, then I want to pursue that. So anyways, I thought we could talk about that today. And then Lexi said that she actually, her and Brian have been having some conversations about respect. So yeah, mm-hmm. here we go. So Ephesians 5.33, let each one of you love his wife as himself and let the wife see that she respects her husband. Um, so respect, first of all, maybe we should just talk about what we mean by that. And um what I mean by respect is just showing admiration, honor, um, mm-hmm. a special kind of um, kindness towards your husband. 
Um, I think it's interesting that God commands the wife to respect, to see to it. Um, this doesn't mean that our obedience to this command is based on feelings, but um, mm-hmm. sorry, crying child in the background. I don't know if you hear him or not, but um, <laughs> <laughs> he just said that so excited. <laughs> oh, okay. Sorry. Kidnapped. Okay. to take a nap. Um, Okay, sorry if this is funny splicing. Um, kid not wanting to take a nap. <laughs> oh, and then I told Jared, oh, I don't know if he'll be able to sleep in here because I'm podcasting out here. Ask if you want me to go upstairs. But anyways, Valerie goes, can't take a nap? <laughs> like, so excited. Like, oh, we can't take a nap? Great. June changed. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So anyways, basically God commands the wife to respect. So this tells me that it's not based on like a feeling or an emotion of when you feel respect, like respecting your husband, then these actions flow from that. But it's an obedience to God causing the actions to flow. So Mm -hmm. we don't wait for our husbands to merit this respect from us or these feelings Mm -hmm. from us but we um, act in a respectful manner because God wants us to like the same mm-hmm. mission. Um, mm-hmm. And it's ultimately like a trusting in God rather yeah. than, rather than waiting for feelings. Yeah. I Which think is too, like a something. huge revelation. Like, Oh yeah, yeah, yeah of course. I want to obey God. So I'm going to respect my husband yes. um, and trust and trust with submission and respect that God is taking care of me. Yeah. I think I'm sure we have listeners out there whose husbands are not at all worthy of respect mm-hmm. in a legitimate sort of a sense. But I think it's really important to remember that God has created men with this competitive edge in them and they can rise to the occasion. They mm-hmm. really can. And I think some of it has to do with like, if your husband really is um, just a sucky husband and not a respectful man, I would just start speaking words of life to him. There was a proverb we just read yesterday, even about how, um, is it, is it a soft tongue or a kind tongue is healing? Mm-hmm. And, um, I really do think that since men do run on respect, we see that in scripture. I think we can do a lot with our words to honor and respect our husbands in such a way that almost shapes them into respectful men. Um, I think that's part of why we are creatures that are shaped by words. We're shaped by the word. And God made reality that way. And I think with our men, if you have a husband that's just not obeying the word, be respectful, go overboard and telling him like, honey, I know you can do this. Um, find things you do respect about him. Even if they're just tiny little things, find tiny little things and start there and just, I don't know, just start rebuilding that wall of respect. Don't wait for him to take initiative because it's not his, it's not his job. It's your job to do that. Yeah. So lay a foundation, however small that is, and um, just build up from there with your words. Mm-hmm. I just think so many women, they don't realize how much power they could have if they were just going overboard and lavishing their husbands. And that's why it's based on grace, not works. Yeah. Because our husbands don't respect, they don't deserve this all the time. <laughs> yeah. And I think many men, um, we talk about the love languages or whatever, um, many men are probably physical touch and also words of affirmation. Yes. Um, Jared is a very big words of affirmation person. Like it means mm-hmm. a ton to him whenever I, um, verbally affirm him. So, uh, for me, practically it is just meant, okay, how do I show respect to him? 
and it's been showing gratitude for things that I see him doing that are excellent. Yeah. And, and um, just, b- I've been trying to be intentional about that. Mm-hmm. And, and he has told me that he feels respected when I do that. So I'm like, okay, it's just been really helpful <laughs> to have the handles for that for some reason. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, so that's what I've been doing lately is just uh, where things, maybe I assume that he knew I felt that way. I've just been mm-hmm. intentional to say, hey, that was awesome or great job, or I'm really thankful yeah. that you do this, or thank you so much for doing that or whatever. But just yeah. like letting him know that I notice the awesome things mm-hmm. that he, he's doing. Mm-hmm. And um, that's that's been good. And Nancy Wilson recommends writing a letter of oh, all yeah. the little things that you respect mm-hmm. about your husband and, and giving that to him. And I'm sure that he would re- that he would really appreciate that. And I've been thinking about like, okay, what if I, what if, how would I feel if my husband was waiting for me to do something lovely for him to love me? Yeah. Um, and that's not how I want to be loved. I don't want to be loved no. <laughs> just wait, him waiting for me to do something that deserves it. Yeah. I want him to love me unconditionally. And if that's God's command to husbands, then God's command to wife should be the same. We should respect mm-hmm. them not waiting for them to do something respectable, but respect them because God tells us to. Yeah. And this is where feminists are not okay with this. Um, yeah. Feminists and their boyfriends who want to keep sleeping with the feminists. Um, they, it's funny. It's it. Doug Wilson was just talking about how the only way liberal worldview can work is by their double standards. Everywhere you see, there's a double standard. And I think this is such a good example that they want the men to be hounded upon. You know, they would not be okay what if my husband doesn't feel like providing today? He's just going to sit at home and play video games all day. He's not feeling in the mood to go provide for me. They aren't, that's not okay. Like we can see that as Christians, that that is just not okay. But for whatever reason, when it comes to the side of the women to say, look, you don't feel like respecting him, but you need to respect him. Mm-hmm. That is, a, that is not <laughs> okay. Yeah. You are, you are totally um, trying to destroy a, a uh, American Christian idol when you try to call women to repent in that way. Mm -hmm. So I think that's just something to really be aware of is like, okay, I don't feel like being kind to him right now. I don't feel in the mood to, you know, be sexually responsive. I don't even respect him right now. Mm -hmm. But could you imagine if he told you that before he walked out the door to work, but I'm going to do it anyway. Mm -hmm. No, yeah, no, don't act that way. And I think it's also important to really see not respecting our husband as sin, that that it's not his fault that you're not respecting him, that it is your fault that you're a disobedient Mm -hmm. command from God. And that stings, it stings and you're like, Oh gosh. But if you accept that that is sin and you repent before the Lord, repent to your husband, then you walk in freedom in your relationship and the freedom to Mm -hmm. move forward in obeying the Lord. Yeah. So I think one of the big things that gets in the way of us respecting our husbands is bitterness. Mm, and yes. um, Nancy Wilson has been touching on this a little bit and they kind of touched on this on the what have you podcast, but I didn't, I haven't thought about it in these terms before, but bitterness is kind of like you're keeping a tally of things you're holding against other people mm-hmm. constantly. And they used the word like tiring and exhausting to describe that. Mm-hmm. And I had never thought about it in those terms, but when I start to tally up those things that are making me want to be disrespectful and short with my husband, it's because it's my own fault. I am physically getting tired because I want to keep all these things against him in my head 
instead of being willing to just let, let them go and walk in joy as a result. Yeah. Um, so I, I think that's for me, I have to be very aware of that. Like, um, give it up to the Lord, choose, be very purposeful in deciding not to bring something up. I'm going to respect you right now and be okay. Not getting the last word. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm going to be quiet. Yeah. And as Christians, we model grace. So we model yes. what God has yes. done for us. God has graciously yes. forgiven us of all things, not because we earned it or not because mm-hmm. we lived perfectly yep. enough or because we are cute and God wanted us on his team. God gave us grace, yes. gave us because of nothing that we did. So if yeah. we have been lavished such grace and forgiveness on our lives, why would we not be quicker to forgive our husbands, the one that we're one mm-hmm. flesh that God gave us? Yeah. Yeah. Um, Jim Wilson in his, in his essays, I think it's either saturation love or saturated love. He talks about how, um, kindness, God, God created the world in such a way that kindness leads others to repentance. I think in this way we could say kindness to our husbands is being respectful of them. Mm -hmm. Um, but he, he connects that with the fact that sacrificial love is effective. Yeah. We, I don't, I think as wives, we, we don't realize because we're counting all the sacrifices we're making all day, we're forgetting that this is actually an effective means to keep pressing into that and respecting our husbands. Um, and you kind of know when you're walking in the flesh versus the spirit, because the Holy Spirit is always, I think it's Romans 15, the Holy Spirit is pouring his love into our hearts. So if you're just thinking, man, I just can't, I can't, we're back in the same, you know, uh, confrontation again, I can't respect him in this way anymore. I know what he did last time. Mm-hmm. That's when you know you're in the flesh and you need to repent. And you need to go to the Holy Spirit. You need to ask him to fill you with love because that's the only way you can keep walking in the spirit and respecting your husband in a spirit-filled way. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So practically speaking, um, being proactive in our speech and our actions towards yeah. our husband to show love, being offensive, not offensive, like being offensive, being on the offense. Oh, yes. <laughs> to show love in that manner. But then also whenever there are times of conflict in your home or you feel that your husband has done something wrong, mm-hmm. asking God for self-control to not yeah. give full vent to your anger. Um, we're memorizing Proverbs with ransom. So a fool gives full vent to his anger, but a wise man keeps himself under control. Um, asking God to help you to have self-control to not just let you let yourself run off with your speech and mm-hmm. um, say whatever you feel like, whatever disrespectful thing you feel like saying, but being mindful to be quiet and like mm-hmm. you said, go to the Lord in prayer and trust that he's the one that changes. Like when is nagging ever really done anything? Yeah. Like for real, <laughs> when is nagging ever accomplished anything? Never yeah. other than make more bitterness and space between the husband and wife. It doesn't work. Like, do we not know that yet? Like, do I not know that yet? Yeah, nagging doesn't work. Um, but God changes hearts. Mm-hmm. But I maybe we should also give a qualification here that this doesn't mean that our husbands are perfect and that there's never a need no. to like go to elders to talk to them about an issue. Yeah. Yeah, um, yeah. If there are major things that are happening that are wrong, then um, talk to your husband about it in a respectful and honoring way. Talk to him, mm-hmm. give him your concerns. Um, after you have prayed and given your concerns to the Lord. And if yeah. that doesn't help, then that's why God created the church in the way that he did. That yes. Elders and people that help. Yeah. So, um, yeah. Yeah. I think too, it's, I think any pastor would rather you as a wife be quick to go to a pastor for advice than spend a whole season of nagging and then go to a pastor. So if you feel like you're getting in that nagging way, go to the pastor first 
um, even if it's with your husband and don't feel stupid for, if it's a small issue, let them give you the tools to have in your tool chest the next time this comes up, yeah. if that makes any sense. Yeah, I think that's good. So those are some things I've been thinking about respect lately. <laughs> what else, you guys been thinking about respect in social media, talk about that. Yeah, we, we've just been talking about, I mean, I think I mentioned before, I'm trying to use my social media in a more just fruitful way for my time, my personal time. Um, and so one of the things I've been thinking about a lot is just feminists want to shriek as loud as they can to silence any male voice. And as Christian women, we need to be using our voices. We need to be aware that we're in a unique time in history where women have the ability and the, I don't know what it is in the secular realm. There's a, there's high respect of women. So as Christians, we need to be using our voices to respect our men. Um, and so something I've started trying to do and I'm planning to keep doing is just verbally respecting my husband in front of others on social media. Something as simple as, um, what was the example I just, I was posting recently, um, about just anything really. I mean, show with your social media that you are a contented woman because there is a strong man behind you, not because, mm -hmm. you know, you're caving into self-care every single night with that bottle of wine and that bubble bath, mm -hmm. but because your husband is behind you, you guys are working together side by side. Um, and just show like, it is actually glorious to be working with a male who respects me as a person. Mm -hmm. And I think this part is maybe a little controversial to talk about. Um, but I know part of why I don't, I don't necessarily feel like I have to get naggy with Brian when we are in confrontation because he knows I'm constantly learning about the things that we might come into conflict about. Um, rarely happens, but I have cultivated my personhood in such a way that he's interested in me as a person and I'm interested in him as a person. That's kind of hard to do when you have no hobbies, when you're never reading books, when you're spending your time on Netflix, you're not cultivating your mind. So I, I really think um, part of having like healthy conversations where you can respect one another is continuing to educate yourself as a person mm -hmm. so that your husband isn't just brushing you aside as some silly lady who doesn't know what she's talking about. Mm -hmm. um, so, cause in that sense, like some of the feminists have it right. We are not to check out in our cute little vintage house dresses and be painting our nails all day we need to be cultivating ourselves so that we, in that sense, we are on equal footing with our husband spiritually, but he is leading us. He's the one taking us somewhere. Yeah. So, and, and because my husband respects me in that sense, I, I totally respect him. I can give him my informed opinion, but say, you know what, honey, I trust you though. No matter what, I respect the decisions you've made. I've seen what you've done in the past. I've seen the fruit. Let's go wherever you want to go. Here are my thoughts, but that's it. Mm -hmm. But I just, I don't know if, um, a lot of women are putting the, the footwork behind the scenes into it, if that makes sense, mm -hmm. to get to a place. So when they, when they are in conflict, they're kind of just being emotional about it mm -hmm. instead of being logical about it. Yeah. And so that's where a lot of the breakdown starts to happen. Yeah. yeah. Most importantly, being women of the word, that we study yes. and know the word so that our reasoning behind our conflict is yes. based on the word. 
because Correct. we see we should only be having conflict if we see our husband doing things that we think aren't godly or aren't Correct. honoring of our family or um, something that the Lord wouldn't want him to be doing, whatever it may yeah. be. Um, yeah, I have one example. Having petty conflicts anyway. Yeah. Uh, one example of this was a couple businesses ago. <laughs> um, Brian wanted to spend some money on a piece of equipment and I just... I had been reading in the Proverbs about um, wealth being built slowly. And I told him like, okay, I've been reading this. I feel like you might be trying to build this a little too quickly, but I trust you. I know that you know if this is a good deal or not. That's the part of it I don't know about. So here's my thought. Do what you want to do with that. Um, he went ahead and purchased the piece of equipment only to find out within 24 hours that it was a total scam. And they had tried to just take our money basically. Um, and he, you know, he, it was a good lesson for me though, because I saw, I could respectfully disagree with my husband, mm -hmm. but still submit to my husband. Mm -hmm. And also I could see that the Lord protected me because it was on a Sunday. And because it was on a Sunday, the bank didn't actually ever put the transfer through. So we never actually were scammed, but it just, it was so good for both of us. That was really early in our marriage. It was good for me. Like you're, like you're saying to see that scripture is my protection when I'm walking into um, a conflict, if you will, with my mm -hmm. husband, even though there's not really ever conflicts. But with that, just such a great example, because in our respecting, in our honoring, in our submitting to our husband, we're doing that to the Lord. Not saying that our husband is the Lord, yes. but we're doing that because God asks us to. So when I am respecting my husband or submitting to my husband, I'm doing that because I want to submit and obey God. And, and in mm -hmm. doing that, I trust God. I trust that he will yes. not leave me and forsake me and he will take care of me and yes. provide for me. So in yep. doing that, even just with my own personhood and my own peace of heart, I can do that to my husband because I know that God is good and loves me. So yes. in that simple way of what you just said, just like, and that may not happen every time. Like people may get scammed and actually lose their money, but that doesn't mean <laughs> that God has forsaken them. Um, so anyways, I just think that's a great example of God just protecting and showing that. So yeah. Cool. I think too, if, again, if you're in a hard place where you, you don't respect your husband, you need to figure out how to communicate to him that you're all in with him somehow. Mm -hmm. Um, yeah, I think that, I think that just speaks volumes when our husbands know in a way as women, we're willing to burn all the boats in order to get in his boat oh, and yeah. sail away with that one boat. Yes. <laughs> yes. Because um, until, until we burn those other bridges, until we let go of those other things, it's, yep. it's going to feel like we're on two different teams. Yep. Yep. Whatever it may be, bank accounts, like family ties, whatever it may be that is keeping you from fully respecting and submitting to your husband, let it go. Yeah. Because yeah. God has such a beautiful future ahead when you are united in one flesh with your husband mentally yeah. and spiritually. Um, that has been, I remember even when we were dating, there was like a disagreement of something with my family and with Jared. And, um, I, I remember us talking through it and just being like, Hey, I'm with you. Like, no matter what happens, like I'm, I'm not going anywhere. I'm not like going to leave and go hang out with my family whenever, yeah. you know what I mean? Um, so I think that those things speak volumes to husbands. So any chance that we have to verbalize that, even like I said earlier, even if you feel like he knows that already, just verbalizing that I think does a lot for our husband. Mm -hmm. Um, in the same way, 
uh, Rachel Jankovic posted something about um, respect recently on Instagram. And she was saying like, if your husband said, I love, uh, I can't remember. It was like a bunch of little small things. I love, I love like your sleepy face in the mornings and like little things like that. Like, does that mean that you would, um, we both have flies buzzing us today. (laughs) Um, would that mean less to you or would it mean a lot to you? It would mean a lot because you're like, oh, mm-hmm. he notices small things about me and he loves those small mm-hmm. things about me. In the same way, I think our husbands respond in a like manner whenever we tell them even all the little things that we're respecting about them and their character. Oh, yes. I had an older woman tell me once too that you are your husband's press team. Mm-hmm. And that, man we need to be aware of this too. When we're talking to other people, are we painting our husband in a foolish light or are we painting him in a light that shows we do respect and honor him and love seeks to cover over offenses. And it's actually to your glory as a wife, if you're covering over your husband's offenses, instead of revealing them all the time, I'm not saying, I'm not saying don't go to someone with counsel, but we've talked about this before. Who is your husband okay with you going to then? Don't go to the whole book group. Don't go to the whole Bible study. Who is the one couple you guys have both been open with so that you can still maintain your husband's dignity? Yeah, that's good. So I think that's about all that I have for the moment. Yeah. Cool. All right. Well, thank you guys for listening. Bye. Thank you so much for listening to the Fruitful and Fearless podcast. This show is a part of the ministry of the Shepherd's Crook. The Shepherd's Crook exists to remind pastors of Jesus through care, coaching, resources, and events. We have also started the Shepherd's Crook for Wives. Jordan and Lexi are contributing articles to the site, and you can find all the information at theshepherdscrook.co.